Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from the CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You might not recognize him, but he's back. <laughs> if you were a brand new uh, viewer to CHGO White Sox within you know, maybe the winter meetings brought you in, introduced you to our podcast, you have no idea who I am. You're, you'd be furious right now. <laughs> Where is Herb? Where's Herb? Uh, that's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, go read his latest piece about Max Stassi, which we'll be diving into uh, in just a few moments here up at allchgo.com. There's Sarah flashing the uh, article up at allchgo.com. Uh, shout out to Sarah, our producer today. Hi. Hello. Uh, thank you to Kevin Kaduck for filling in for me uh, at the winter meetings. He did a great job. And I would be introducing Herb Lawrence, but he finally got COVID. So hopefully he is okay. I'm going to make the joke just because he already did on Twitter. Uh, that's what you get for going to Kid Rock's bar. <laughs> Did you not go? Of course I didn't go. Thank God. Uh, you know, what was it like? I can't wait to hear Herb's detailed experience yeah. at Kid Rock's. Uh, I mean, it has to have some fun. Some I don't know. Stupid name, probably. Do we yeah. don't want to guess it? Huh? We don't want to guess it? I, Kid, we might get Kid, in trouble if we do. Kid Rock rocks Honky Town Hoedown. Oh, I was going to guess something uh, worse. Way more. <laughs> meaner to Kid Rock. <laughs> okay, um, let's move on. We don't need to talk about too much Kid Rock. Uh, but Herb will be here soon. Uh, not today, but next maybe, week. Yeah, next week. Yeah. He said Friday. Take your time, Herb. We'll see. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. you know, it, it's all right. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got Max Stassi, uh, the new acquisition for Sox the Chicago trade, yeah. White Sox, uh, acquiring him from the Atlanta Braves, who they just acquired from the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Shohei Otani and the big acquisition from the Los Angeles Dodgers and wrap it up with some uh, uh, some Fetty Wap. Do you get that reference? It's a rap thing, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Nice. It's a it's a rapper. <laughs> a rap guy. Yeah, he's a, right. just a singular guy. Uh, right. He's got he something funky with his eye. I don't know oh, if no. it was an accident. I'll okay. have to dive into Wikipedia to mm. see what happened. Uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. And if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, make sure you do. And Fred took, Fred's right. Kid Rock took Herb down. Um, so <laughs> just like Goldberg spearing that guy at the Atlanta Falcons got, uh, game, uh, Kid Rock speared Herb uh, and he's down for the count. Um Let's jump into Max Stassi, though. A, a cast-off, really. Um, do you find it surprising, though, that Max Stassi, a little bit of a cast-off because David Fletcher was the true piece that the Braves are trying to acquire from the Angels. Um, do you think it's interesting that there is the connection to the Angels pitching staff? I mean, obviously now uh, Matt Wise uh, coming over from the Los Angeles Angels. The big thing about Max Stassi is that when he's healthy, he's a pretty decent framer. I mean, do you think maybe there's a, a little bit of push from Matt Wise uh, to be like, hey, Max Stassi. Let's, let's go get him. I know what he can do. I mean, can't hurt, right? I mean, when you've got that intel in the building, uh, it makes total sense that uh, a guy would maybe, I don't know if seem more appealing is the right answer, but you'd have good reason and you'd have some guys maybe pounding the table for him after working with him for a few years. But um, listen, the defense is everything with Max Stassi. And I think uh, Chris Getz keeps delivering on what he said, which was he's going to improve the team defensively. I, I was looking at some numbers today. I think if you go back starting with the 2018 season. So that's what, eight, nine, zero, one, two, three, six seasons here. Uh, and obviously he didn't play last year, but at the last six seasons, there's only been about nine catchers in baseball that have put up some def better defensive numbers than Max Stassi. Uh, Fangraphs thinks very, very highly of him from a defensive standpoint, and I'm sure the White Sox do as well, as that's what they've really been trying to do this offseason. Um, 
But hey, once again, we're talking about a White Sox acquisition this winter where the bat is not the thing. And uh, to the point of a guy with a 212 career batting average, uh, career on base percentage is under 300. Uh, and on top of it all, this is a guy who's only played 100 or more games in a single season once. Uh, he's, he's played in parts of 10 big league campaigns, but, uh, only really racked up a lot of playing time once, you know, he's got a couple where he's played in 80 or so games, but listen, this to me is the Paul DeYoung signing part two. It is a reliable defender at a position that they needed a reliable defender at. It is a guy making that they have to pay very little money on as, as uh, the the Braves are going to pay the majority of that contract, that $7 million contract for, for him this year. Uh, it is a guy who doesn't do a lot of damage uh, with the bat, and it is a guy who is going to fill in and, and be a placeholder until one of the, I mean, few highly rated prospects that the White Sox have kind of makes his way toward the major leagues, and that's Edgar Caro, who they got in that trade with the Angels back at the trade deadline. Uh, waiting for Caro, uh, Car- you know, it's kind of Godot, kind of str- it's a little bit of a stretch there. Um, but you know, we're waiting for Edgar Caro to arrive. But I, I don't know if I want to s- undersell Max Stassi that much. I think it's a little bit interesting, obviously. Uh, the Braves are paying, I think, all of the contract. Almost all of it. Yes. Almost all of the yeah. contract. So, uh, you know, that obviously was my biggest worry uh, if the White Sox were either going to be paying $7 million or, uh, you know, $2 million to Max Stassi. So, thankfully, uh, they won't be paying the full uh, contract to Max Stassi. But who has more career plate appearances, Max Stassi or Andrew Vaughn? Well, Max Stassi's been playing some level of Major League Baseball Since for the 2013. last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I'd say Max Stassi. Eh. Really? Max Stassi, oh, 1,285 right. plate appearances. Andrew Vaughn, 1,639 plate appearances. That doesn't speak a lot to um, the playing time of Max Stassi. No, yes. but, I mean, you bring up the, the health issues. Um, he's a guy that has always gotten his shot, and the interesting thing, from 2013 to 2019, 12 home runs, and then in 2020, he hits 7. 2021, he hits 13. And then in 2022, he hits 9. So... I don't know if he's a guy that we can fully write off with the bat because he really hasn't had a full go at it. Um, like, I, I think that if he has the health, I mean, there was a reason the Angels gave him money in the first place. I mean, they, they were interested enough to try to make Max Stassi the guy. It's another flyer, which, you know, it's not like, oh, let's give the seal of approval to Max Stassi. This is going to change the White Sox. But... It's another intriguing move, I think, because, you know, I mean, Max Stassi doesn't need to be the guy, as you mentioned. Edgar Caro's waiting in the wings. Uh, Carlos Perez has come up and played Major League Baseball uh, before. So it's not like the White Sox are fully devoid of catching options. Well, and the guy who you haven't named yet, Corey Lee. And Corey Lee, I guess, yeah, right, on the team. I guess the thing about this acquisition is we when, when we were talking about the idea of them going out and getting another catcher, it was, well, are they going to get a guy who would be the number one guy on the depth chart and Corey Lee can develop and, and mature with a mentor behind somebody behind a, behind a veteran guy who is going to really run the show. Or are they going to say, Corey Lee, this is your job at the top of the depth chart. We're going to bring in a guy who on every fifth day when he needs to catch, you, we know he's going to do a good job with the pitcher. We know he's going to do a good job behind the plate defensively. I don't know if we got the answer to that question. Obviously, Max Stassi is going to do a good job defensively. His defensive numbers are very good. But are they bringing in Max Stassi to be number one on that depth chart? Or are they bringing in Max Stassi to back up Corey Lee in a way? Well, and yeah, I mean, I also, like, are they done? I mean, is this a guy, Max Stassi, who 
they can just kind of eat the money, the rest of the money that the Braves didn't. Like, maybe this is just a Jonathan Lucroy-esque, we'll see what you look like in spring training, mm-hmm. and maybe there is another move. I mean, I know you guys did the episode that you guys ended up, or the the little segment, they ended up making a VOD on the available catchers. I mean, Martin Maldonado is still available. Um, he's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you can trust 35-year-old Martin Maldonado, like, health-wise, or to even give you true major league at-bats. But if you do want that presence, maybe you have Max Stassi and Martin Maldonado. Uh, it's just like the 2014 Houston uh, Astros all over again. Uh, battle it out for uh, that that catcher spot. I, I don't know if they're they're fully done yet because it's again not a a bank breaking signing. We haven't seen the White Sox go over what 15 million uh, for the Eric Fetty signing that still isn't official yet. <laughs> um, so it's not like the White Sox are really breaking the bank here. Uh, if they need to eat a contract, I don't think it's going to be the worst thing that, you know, Chris gets like, hey, Jerry, got to got to eat three million for Max Stassi because, you know, it just was the wrong move. Like, I think that's a way easier sell than 700 million perhaps and 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 you know i think we've brought i think well yeah uh i would have to say that it would be the uh preferred move to 700 million dollars but uh and you're right there are there are options that maybe we're not thinking about here someone brings up Corley might be at triple a who knows someone brings up some bet someone being you maybe they would go out and get another one of these veteran catchers who might not really cost that much you know uh maldonado we've been talking about so much just because he really seemed to scream a fit for this White Sox team with his experience with Pedro Grafol, his experience handling a pitching staff, the whole man, the defense is great. Who cares what the offensive numbers kind of things are? So um, he seems like somebody that would be a perfect fit. And maybe it does play out in a way where they're not done at catcher. I would think that they are mm-hmm. um, this, this, at least at first blush, it would, sh- it, it struck me very much like it, the Paul DeYoung signing did. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you might not be thrilled about it if you're a White Sox fan because this isn't a guy who really revs the engines up very much, but here's a guy who does exactly what Chris Getz has said they're looking for. He's a veteran. He's been around the block. He ha- plays really good defense behind the plate. That, to me, seems like, yeah, that's exactly what they wanted to do with this open catcher spot. Um, they have had nothing but good things to say about Corey Lee dating back to the end of last year. And, you know, there's, there's other things that they need to do. They need, they need to dedicate those resources to what happens in right field, what happens with the rest of the pitching rotation, what happens in the bullpen. That would be my initial thought, but it doesn't mean that it's uh that it's all over. Yeah. Uh, and then also just to add two more notes, uh, Herb following up that the Kid Rock uh, thing is uh, Kid Rock's Bawataba and Honky Tonk. So mm. thankfully we can, can clear that up. Cool. Um, also, uh, to Shy Sox fan, uh, what about the Sox signing Herrera and Profar? Uh, the Profar one is interesting. Um, and also the report from Francis Romero was the White Sox are favorites to sign uh, Venezuelan uh, third baseman Eduardo Herrera. There is no confirmation that that player has been signed. I think there is more confirmation that the Profar one uh, is signed, but we'll we'll get into that in well, a that later date. Sign, that signing, these are international yes. free agents. I believe they're both teenagers, right? Correct. This, this uh, uh, one it would be along the lines of the way they've signed guys like Yoelki Cespedes, guys like like Oscar Colas, guys like Luis Robert Jr., if you do want to date back that far. Uh, 
the signing period, I don't believe, even opens up for another month. Mm -hmm. So we probably would not hear official word on this for another month. But, yeah, some reports out there that uh, the farm system could be getting some very young additions. But if we're talking about guys who are going to impact the Major League team, uh, these guys would seem to be many, many years away. Right. Uh, And even Francis Romero, who had the original report, uh, says the correction is that Fernando Cruz uh, will be signing with the Cubs. So there's a lot to unfold here. Uh, So uh, just to follow up, if you are looking for, uh, you know, the latest White Sox news, why we're not talking about that is because we're not sure if that's even going to be a thing. Um, so we'll, get, we'll touch and on And we don't really need to learn later. these guys' names and for another like seven years. It's true. <laughs> we, we do have what, about five hours a week to fill. That is so, yeah, you know, I mean, point. you know, hey, hey, 10 minutes dedicated to, hey, I saw this guy's uh, Twitter highlight tape or uh, Jurek Profar would then just allow us to talk about uh, Jurekson. Uh, we could just talk about his brother. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. That's his brother? Yeah. Jurek and Jurekson? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that that's surprising to you? Well, isn't Jerickson profile kind of old? Profile kind of old? Yeah, I mean, I don't so know. So he's got a brother who's like 10 years younger than him? 17, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jerickson profile, and I'll look up Profar's age. He's 30. 13 13 year difference. I mean, maybe he's the oldest. I don't know. I don't know their <laughs> family tree. Um, <laughs> he has two brothers, uh, Jeremy, but spelled J U R E M I, uh, was signed in 2012 by the. Uh, by the 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 Rangers, uh, so I mean he's he's twenty seven. So there's a ten. I mean there's a three year difference, and then there's a ten year difference. Okay. I don't know if they have the same mom or same dad, uh, but they have the same last name, and that's Profar. Um, but yeah, Francis Romero saying that he'll be signing for around seven hundred thousand. Anyways, uh, let's go back to Max Sassy. Uh, some note that we haven't brought up yet: Sassy just didn't play in twenty twenty three. Correct. Um, suffered a hip strain in spring training, and then was placed on the sixty day injured list. And then there was a family issue that came up later on in the year that did not allow him to uh, come back. Uh, so he was on the restricted list for yes. that. Yeah. Um, so he is a player that you know it's there hasn't been a ton of. I guess, uh, you know, there's not a great resume. Again, he has less plate appearances than Andrew Vaughn. Um, There is some upside, though, I think, still, even though he's 32, because there isn't that true exposure. And the White Sox, what we'll learn in 2024, they're going to give... They have all the exposure to give to anyone. Hey, you want to get MLB experience? Let's have you, you know, throw, uh, you know, 60 innings. Hey, Max Stassi, let's see if you can catch 100 games. Like, you know, well, let's see what happens. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, who's going to be playing with Luis Robert in 2025? Will Luis Robert even be on the team? We don't know. Again, um, I, the, I, I very much see this as another placeholder move that is very much akin to what the White Sox did with Paul DeYoung because, listen, there aren't many guys in this farm system right now who you can point to with certainty and say, you're going to be on the team in a couple of, in, a, in two, three years, and you're going to be one of the, the guys who are going to be here long term. Colson Montgomery is one of them, plays shortstop currently. Edgar Caro is another one who plays catcher. Paul DeYoung is here on a one-year deal, very inexpensive. Max Stassi is here for one more guaranteed year. Very inexpensive. There is that club option for 2025, but it it certainly doesn't have to be picked up. Uh, Those two guys might just be here to play in 2024, and then the other two guys might be on that opening day roster in 2025. Stassi from 2020 to 2022 had an OPS plus of 89. That's uh, around the league average for catchers in 2023 uh, for weighted runs created plus. Um, So he's about league average. He's a a little bit above average when it comes to framing. Corey Lee isn't that like I don't know it's not like I understand Caro 
will get a shot, but they're going to need to carry two catchers. Like, I think that this could be obviously as much of a tryout for, for Max Stassi. It could be a tryout for Corey Lee. Cause I mean, they can always, I think there's, there's options for Corey Lee. Um, I think they could always send him back down if, Oh you know, sure. Just if he's struggling a lot. So, yeah. But Caro not going to be on yeah, the opening well, day roster. Right. Right. Caro yeah. is 20 years old. Yes. He was in double a last year. Um, yes. The white Sox are happy with what he showed in double a last year, but there's a, a while still to go. If, he is on the opening day roster in 2025. I believe he will still only be 21 years old. Hmm. Like he, or if that, I don't know if that makes any sense, but when's his birthday? His birthday is April 6th. There you go. <laughs> Happy future 21st birthday, Edgar Carroll. So he will not be 22 by the time opening day 2025 comes around. Correct. So... That would still be making a big league debut very early in your in your career. I think this guy has moved with the quickness that shows that it's not impossible, certainly. But I think they're eyeing 2023 as being Edgar Carroll plays minor league baseball. And so currently, the catchers you would have to choose from are a guy you traded for in Corey Lee, who was a decently thought of prospect not necessarily as hyped as Edgar Caro is and will continue to be but a guy who might have a future doing this at, at, at a at a fairly regular uh, or a fairly frequent basis and then a guy who is here basically as a seeming rental uh, or as a seeming one-year placeholder kind of guy and then you've got Carlos Perez who is is depth in my mind now what you're saying, I think, is could Carlos Perez beat Corey Lee out in spring training for a spot? No, no, no. Yeah, what probably. I'm saying is, like, in, 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 come 2025, can Max Stassi be a James McCann? Well, they would have to pick up an option for $7.5 million also. They might. Maybe Max Stassi's it's, very good next year. I mean, yeah. if, he's, if he's worth a war, I mean, one war, I mean, that's actually, you know, that's kind of like a... A, a discount. I mean, you know, we've seen in past rebuilds before guys that finally get their shot or play kind of, you know, had their last chance to do it. I mean, you see what Zach Wilson and the Jets, he said, you know, I've already gotten benched before. What's there to lose? You know, Max Stassi, I've gotten traded twice this offseason. What's there to lose? This twice, this, be, twice this weekend. Twice this weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, he was zillowing on at, for Atlanta and then he had he didn't to even, completely change. Didn't even need to spend much time looking. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I think. 2025 will feature Edgar Caro uh, as catcher and you know, along with, as you're saying, you know, Colson Montgomery at, at some position in 2025. Um, I just, I just don't know if there, there's a, a spot for Corey Lee or even Carlos Perez. I think, I think, you know, Stassi is intriguing enough where, you know, this, this might be a guy that, you know, really pops off. I, I think that they, if, if he has the health to go along with it, um, he, he could be an interesting pickup. I think um, yeah. if you're asking, is it possible that, uh, by the end of 2024, Max Stassi has had a better has earned a spot on the 2025 team over yeah. Corey Lee. Absolutely, it's possible. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it'll be the battle everyone's uh, tuning in for. Um, and yeah, I understand the career numbers. Again, it's it's not pretty, uh, but the last three years. 89 OPS plus, which again is about league average. Um, and he has less plate appearances than Andrew Vaughn. Uh, just not a, not a seasoned vet they picked up and, here. And let's remember too, Corey Lee played major league baseball with a, in the white Sox uniform for a month last year. Mm -hmm. Like got five hits, his, his offense, his bat looked bad, but small sample size. I don't think he was, I don't think he had a, to use a comparison that everyone will understand, I don't think he had an Oscar Colas type showing that was like that guy can never play Major League Baseball again until he goes down and really does a lot of work. I think Corey Lee did well enough behind the plate 
to convince the White Sox that he could work on the offense at the major league level unless it were to get very bad. Uh, I, I've been watching a lot of Simpsons and recently uh, I Good. saw I saw the one where uh, Mr. Burns gets investigated and then Homer has to go to college. I've been watching yes. the Conan written ones. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm mainly telling you this because I have to sign into Google. Um, but it does feel like the 2024 White Sox is you could either have a washer or dryer or a mystery box. <laughs> I'll take the box. <laughs> the box, the box. <laughs> Gentlemen, um, all right, let's take a break and let you know about our lovely sponsors. Uh, maybe Max Dassey will be something, but as many wrote at allchgo.com, uh, the main story for the White Sox and uh, the catching future uh, is waiting for Caro. So uh, go read that piece up at allchgo. Uh, Want to let you know, though, about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. If you are looking to bet on not just one, but two Monday night football games uh, tonight. Uh, Circus Sports is your place to be, and it is the app to download. Uh, they have tight money line splits and a low hold model. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike other sports books, will, which will post you know minus 115 or minus 120. If you lay minus 120 on another sports book and minus 110 on Circa for the same prop, uh, let's say, and I should have these pulled up, but I don't. Um, it's not even up. Uh, mercy. Um, did you guys miss this? You guys missed my. You looking prepared. for things online? Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Good radio. Um, I, I think <laughs> the line for the Miami game is fourteen, uh, going up against the Titans. So if you were to lay uh, fourteen points on the Dolphins at minus one ten on Circus Sportsbook, or minus fourteen uh, on a different sportsbook at minus one twenty, you are just giving that sportsbook, uh, that other sportsbook at minus one twenty, more money. Makes no sense. Uh, so. Download Circus Sportsbook today. Um, they are the world's largest sportsbook, and that world's largest sportsbook understands how important you are. Their customer service is above and beyond. There are real people that are behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who are who use chatbots. Uh, all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the marvelous um, Circus Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. They tell you about the Circus uh, Stadium swim uh, there. It's like a big advertising thing. Uh, my degenerate ass just stayed at the sports book, the lovely, lovely sports book uh, that these people run uh, because it is truly uh, a monument to gambling. Uh, so don't mess around. Download the best sports book in Illinois. Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois app. That's circusports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates that are coming up. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Also want to let you know about Midtown Athletic Club. Uh, before I went on assignment, um, I did stop into Midtown Athletic Club. It was a little awkward. I was I was kind of unsure like what what the the setup was, but I got a tour, um, and that was very cool. And I got to see the beautiful uh, layout, and it is a very sprawling campus. Uh, I know on our Instagram page we had a CHGO day at Midtown that Casey filmed. Um, so go check that out at our Instagram, uh, or go check out their uh, website. Um, at midtown.com uh, slash CHGL uh, to find out more. But their amenities are insane. Uh, they're very proud of their tennis club. Uh, but I'm interested. I didn't even get to see it. I stayed in their main uh, campus. They had the basketball court on the other side, uh, right? Uh, so, I mean, it's just a very cool uh, downtown campus um go over also, to go over to uh damon and elston and shoot a little hoops that's yeah, what you wanted to do over little, there a little bucktown and lincoln right. park uh i know you're a hooper you got you got some length maybe back in the day in the driveway 
outside of, outside of that, it's, hey, it's not it, been a pretty career. You know, I mean, Midtown's not looking for professionals. They're just looking for you to get in a nice hearty workout, as right? As long as they don't throw you out for throwing bows, I'll be good. <laughs> uh, their four Chicago Lane locations, though, are in Palatine, in the Northwest Suburbs, Bannockburn in North Shore, Willowbrook in the South Web Suburbs, and the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel, which I saw, as Vinny brought up, uh, on Elston in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. And the Midtown in Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year. So head over to midtown.com chgo to find out more and tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you uh, again i got the tour of the uh, one in elston and it was marvelous uh, and i'm very excited to hit them back up and uh to check it out you know maybe play some hoops of any uh let's take a uh, we already took a break uh let's go into the actual talk let's take a points. show let's do the show did you miss this Vinny? uh, uh <laughs> shohei otani uh, obviously the big story of the 2024 off season and we finally have a resolution that he is sorry about he is sorry that you have had to wait so long baseball fans you have had to wait through John Morosi fake tweets, uh, Bob Nightingale accosting John Morosi for Shohei Otani to sign a $700 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Are you surprised? I mean, listen, I think uh, they went and got more money than I think even any of us were guessing, right? Everybody came into this, oh my God, he might get $500 million. He might get $600 million. Could you believe this? And then he went and got $700 million. Uh, I think I saw the uh, the Hall of Famer, Jason Stark, just tweet that uh, Shohei Otani's contract is $700 million. The uh, gross domestic product of American Samoa is $709 million. Oof. So... Shohei Otani can almost buy himself American Samoa. Well, I mean, he can. He made more than $9 million last year, so he's got it, or he oh will have God. it. Um, but yeah, uh, listen, this is a player unlike anybody's ever seen before. I think as I brought up when, when we were talking about this earlier in the year, not only is this guy commanding the kind of contract that the best hitter in baseball co- commands, he's simultaneously commanding the kind of contract that the best pitcher in baseball commands. So that's two contracts. <laughs> And so two contracts. Wow! If you were going to give, uh, if you were going to give a a uh, elite home run hitter three hundred and fifty million dollars over ten years, and you were going to give a Cy Young caliber pitcher three hundred and fifty million dollars over ten years, well, there you go. Mash them together, and you get Shohei Otani. It just happens to be going to the same guy. Um, I think the most interesting thing about this for White Sox fans is that hey, some other stuff might happen now, and. It's not to say nothing's happened. The White Sox have done some some smaller moves. Uh, Juan Soto was traded last week to the Yankees, but I think everybody in baseball, when it comes to big moves, was waiting for this to happen. It's finally happened, and maybe now, as we're already seeing folks talk about uh, in the comments, uh, a Dylan Cease trade is perhaps... Uh, closer than it was before the weekend started. Yes, that bubble finally popped and everyone assigned. Uh, Yamamoto assigned. Uh, it's now Dylan Cease has, has been traded. Isn't it hilarious? I don't think I've read Blake Snell's name on Twitter once this offseason. No. The dude just won the Cy Young for the second time in his career and no, no one's talking about him at all. And that's, I mean, credit to Yamamoto, who apparently is amazing. Like, right. that's great if teams want to go give that guy a ton of money and, and have him in their rotation. But the guy who just won the Cy Young Award is like an afterthought. Well, I think it, <laughs> the, the Yamamoto deadline clearly just has put a lot of pressure now on the market because sure. it's not going to uh, stop until January 4th. So he either makes that deal and then... 
one team's very happy because they have Yamamoto, and then, you know, 19 other teams go rushing to go talk to Blake Snell, and Jordan Jordan Montgomery isn't signed, right? No. Yeah, so, um, you know, I mean, there's there's so many options. that they Nola can, and Gray. Those were two two high high level mm-hmm. pitching free agents that have signed, um, but we haven't we haven't seen Dylan Cease traded. Obviously, we haven't seen Tyler Glass now traded. Right. Haven't seen Shane Bieber traded. I'm missing somebody else too, probably. But from the trades, there's another trade guy. Hmm. Maybe oh Corbin Burns, who's not oh, going to get traded, right? Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. Stroman too. We're hearing a little bit about Stroman. Apparently, yeah. the Royals are interested. Uh, Rangers are interested. But the craziest thing about the Shohei Otani deal, yes, 700 million is insane. But I think I remember saying at some point, I would pay him whatever he wants. I would give him a billion dollars. It's obviously not my money, so it's easy for me to say that. But it's nice to see a baseball team say, oh, no, we should give this guy $700 million. Think how long it would take you to gather a billion dollars worth of Monopoly money. <laughs> Think how many additions ad- of Monopoly you'd have to go buy in order to just hold $1 billion. The bo- bills don't get bigger than five hundred, So that's at least... 500 million 500s. How, how much money is in a game of Monopoly? Oh, I used to know this. I, I know oh, how much you, you start with. Guess? I know how much you start with. You get two 500s, 200s, 250s, 620s, 510s, 55s, five and 51s. I don't know what that adds up to, but that's how much money you start. I was always the banker. <laughs> I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> you would have to buy 48 and a half games of Monopoly to get a million dollars worth of money. Uh, Monopoly money. 20,000. Or roughly twenty thousand five hundred and eighty. Incredible! Incredible! Um, You'd probably spend more money on Monopoly than you would, than you would if you just spent a billion dollars. Wow! I have forty eight and forty nine. I guess you can't buy a half game. I have forty nine boxes of Monopoly. Do would you buy certain sets? Or are you just buying Monopoly straight up? Does do the does the money match if you're buying you know the White Sox version? No, oh, interesting. I don't yeah. know. I had a bunch when I was a kid. At a bunch of different kinds of Monopoly. Again, I could tell yeah. you were the banker. Yeah, I was the banker. <laughs> Did you cheat? No. You were a very honest banker? Of course I was an honest banker. Yeah, shocker. I was a, a dirty, <laughs> dirty cheater. Um, it, but to be fair, I was only playing my dad. So I, I kind of had to get an edge. Um, so eh, whatever. Um, the crazy thing about the Shohei Otani deal, it's for 10 years. Yeah. He'll be 39. You just sign another contract. He's just going to sign another contract. I mean, he's like the most impressive athlete of our lifetime, making this insane amount of money. I would think if you're getting $700 million, it is more than 10 years. It's like a 15 lifetime contract. Like that should be lifetime contract money. He set himself up to be, you know, Justin Verlander or, Hey, I mean, he could just be Barry Bonds. I mean, he's already going to be a DH in 2024. I mean, he could just stop pitching at some point and just hit. Right. He'll he'll only make, you know, $300 million in his next contract. Like that's just utterly insane to me that you were able to get this deal that the agents were able to actually get a team over 600 and to that 700 million dollar level with him needing Tommy John like it's he is such a remarkable figure in baseball and I don't know how to truly put it into perspective outside of he is international Babe Ruth with internet well and listen we had we were talking a little bit before the show with some of our coworkers here and one of them was like oh the Dodgers signed another guy like oh it's the same team that always signs these free agents to be fair, I, I think I think there was some folks uh, who pointed this out. It might have been Ken Rosenthal writing about this. Uh, well, why is it bad that one of the best players goes to a marquee big market team that's going to be on TV all the time? Like, 
we, think, think what just happened for the last few years. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout were at the same time were on the Los Angeles Angels, and they're not good. They can't make the playoffs ever. <laughs> Mike Trout, who was the previous best player in baseball before Shohei Otani came along, has played in three playoff games. Right. He's been playing for like 12 seasons. He's like over 10 years and he's played in three playoff games. Is that what you want? You want some team, some random team to go out and have the best player and there's no reason to pay attention to them. You want this team under the spotlight at all times. And hey, and hey, guess what? Maybe they lose and you could be happy that they lose, but they are always going to be front and center and you get the baseball fan gets to watch this guy as much as possible because that's what you want to see. You want to see him pitch. You want to see him hit home runs and you're going to be able to do so because guess what? All the cameras are going to be on the LA Dodgers anyway. Do you remember uh, when the Memphis Grizzlies signed uh, Ray Allen and uh, Kevin Garnett? Oh wait, that was Lee's? Oh yeah, those the oh, Boston yeah. Celtics, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just because those are the real teams. Like well, I, th- again, I'm not trying like, to be like it's no fun that the Diamondbacks made the World Series. It was fun that the Diamondbacks made the World Series. Yeah. But at the same time, like don't wish that that the best player in baseball doesn't get a chance to compete to win. You know what I mean? Like that's what we've had in the Angels for the last however many years. And everybody's always like, "Oh, you wouldn't even recognize Mike Trout walking down the street. Nobody cares about baseball because the best players aren't aren't are on billboards and stuff like that." Well, guess what? The best player in baseball just went to the LA Dodgers. Like he's going to be on billboards. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And I well, I think too, like Shohei I think is uniquely recognizable there's not a ton of japanese stars to that level in america so i mean you see a a japanese 6'4 athletic stud walking around los angeles you might take a guess that that's shohei otani especially with all the bodyguards around him like you know I, i think that he is instantly recognizable more than Mike Trout from Philadelphia, um, right? Like, uh, you know, Shohei Otani really does step out from from a crowd, and it's it's not only with his play, but, I mean, he's just, he's uniquely um, to himself as well. Um, like, I mean, we, we, we still don't know his dog's name. We have to uh, guess that it's Chavez. Um, like, I, I, I Fernando. I yeah, and also, yeah. <laughs> Oral. Um, Hershiser. Um, yes. But, uh, I mean, Mookie Betts was a, a, a Red Sox. Freddie Freeman was an Atlanta Brave. Those teams could have afforded to keep those players and not give them to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers just didn't mess around. Oh, Mookie Betts is available. Let's go get him for Alex Verdugo, who then the Red Sox are fine to trade within the division to, oh, their most hated rivals. Like, baseball's stupid, yes. And obviously the Matt Olson deal worked out for the Braves and they were smart. But Freddie Freeman made... 500 million less than Shohei Otani like the Braves who are a publicly owned company could afford the 162 million for Freddie Freeman a franchise legend like the Dodgers just did not mess around and that's why they have Shohei Otani you brought it up the reason why they have Shohei Otani was because they paid him 700 million dollars it's a pretty good reason to sign on that dotted line yeah I mean I, I remember back to Back to covering the whole Manny Machado gets toured around America to right. everything Derby. And it was every day. It was, oh, well, Manny Machado maybe prefers this or he, he, he wants to play this position and he, and he prefers playing in this kind of weather, wants to have spring training in this state. Bah. And so everybody's trying to figure it out. And guess what? At the end of the day, Manny Machado signed for the, with the team that gave him the most guaranteed money. This is how baseball works. Right. And so we don't need to, you know, do all this, uh, you know, reading of the tea leaves. 
if you want the best players in baseball, you're going to have to give them more money than everybody else. I don't even think the White Sox met with Bryce Harper yet. Like when he was, so 2018, like I think he met with the White Sox in January, 2019. So like Harper didn't even, Harper was still taking meetings like uh, around that time, right? Like, oh, you're saying the the speed, the quote unquote yeah, speed at which Otani the Derby ended. For. Yeah. I think the idea was that everybody was, I think this was a reaction to last week when it was very much, you know, nobody's doing anything because everybody's waiting on Shohei Otani. I don't remember back to the specifics of the 2018 uh, winter meetings, but I'm guessing that there were things that were going on, even though people were waiting on Machado and waiting on Harper. It's not like it halted all business as it appeared, at least had the appearance of doing last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with Otani. Um, Obviously, he's got 10 years in L.A., but, uh, you know, I mean, what if he's not the same pitcher he is and they just signed him to a $700 million deal? Uh, Hope it works out. Um, It's just a real punch in the gut to just, again, have your owner take you out of those sweepstakes in August before it even starts. Like, the offseason hasn't even started, buddy. No one asked you. <laughs> yes, that is that was a weird thing to say. It's hard to bring it up. I know. But I will but I but <laughs> I I will say this though. I will say this. Look where they ended up. You know what I mean? If you're a team that is managing a budget, whether you have the reputation that Jerry Reinsdorf has among White Sox fans or not, if you're just a team managing a budget, you probably this is a big number you know what i mean and it's yes. like it's it's not like this is just your run of the mill big free agent signing this is the biggest free agent signing of all time and if you're a team that's managing a budget and you expect that the bidding could have gotten this high Maybe maybe you are taking yourself out of it before it starts. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> Whether you're talking about it or not is a different story. But yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you you can have internal discussions, <laughs> but uh, man, you really wanted to let you know. Um, I, I do think that most major league teams have accountants. I, I think they they might I have a few. Right. I yeah. believe you're right. Um, I was going to look up one more. Oh, it was the Luke Stuckmeyer thing. Stucky posted a thing, and this is a little bleeding into the Cubs. Um, he posted a poll: seven hundred million to Otani. Glad the Cubs didn't do it. Wish the Cubs did it. 73% out of like 19,000 voters are glad that they did not spend $700 million on Shohei Otani. Like, because, I, I don't because, understand the fandom need to be the accountant yeah. on staff for a major league team. You're right. But at the same time, you have done the fandom need, not need, fandom desire, right? To be the GM, right? To the point where you want to know the team payroll so you can put the puzzle together, right? And so in the idea that folks are saying, taking the opinion of, oh, well, because they don't have $70 million allotted to Shohei Otani, now I can allot those $70 million with all of these players in my head. And maybe at the end of the day, I think that's a better team than the one with Shohei Otani. It's all fantasy baseball, right? Right. Your point is absolutely right. It's not your money. Why would you be upset or not? Right. But if I'm spending $700 million on, on a fantasy baseball buy-in, I am sure as hell that team's winning a World Series. Like, that's the thing is, like, when the White when the Dodgers sign, see, I'm getting ahead of myself when the White Sox sign Otani. Uh, when, uh, Are they getting him at 30, when he's 39? Yes, is that what you're yeah, going for? Yeah. <laughs> Probably when he's 42. Um, but when... Uh, when the Dodgers sign Shohei Otani, it's not like people are saying, "Oh, well, you know, now they're going to take a step back. Now, now they're going to, you know, step into the shot- shadows." No, it's, "Oh, they're going to go get Yamamoto. Oh, they're going to be active for Cease." Weirdly enough, when you make an investment like this, you are actually trying to win. So it's like 
if the Cubs went out or, and signed Otani for seven hundred million, they're not going to be like, oh, we're not going to be in on glass now. We're actually going to go, uh, you know, kick on Eric Fetty's tires. Or not just not just to your point, not just um, when you make that contract sign, you're trying to win. When you make that contract signing, you have to win. Yeah, right. You have to win. <laughs> you just spent seventy million dollars a year over the next ten years to have to win. Yeah. And again. You keep talking about it. the Dodgers are are talking that talk, walking that walk. They go get these guys. They tr- they absolutely spend big to win every year. But guess how many World Series the Dodgers have won? Uh, you know, in this century, right? One. They won one in twenty twenty, and that's it. And so it it goes to show you that they can have the best roster every single every single year for the next ten years. And they're gonna have they're gonna have Otani, they're gonna have Freeman, they're gonna have Betts, they're gonna have they're gonna go out and get more guys. You know they are. They've got a great farm system that produces guys every single year. And they've got as many rings on their finger as I do. You brought up uh, when you were talking about the <laughs> not a championship <laughs> ring, just a ri- just a regular <laughs> ring. Uh, when you were talking about the uh, the NBA in season tournament, you brought up uh, Nick Van Exel's Lakers mm. and uh, Reggie Miller back Miller's in the day. Pacers. Yeah. I always think of them as Sean Green's Dodgers. Sean Green's Dodgers, yeah, of, of backyard baseball. Yeah, um, and it, it really wasn't until 2013 where they got serious about winning. Where they like because I really didn't see them as the Dodgers well, what, in my oh, lifetime. Oh, oh eight. Was that year uh, where they knocked the Cubs out of the uh, first round? They had Manny Ramirez back to back NLCS in '08 and '09. Yeah, so I mean they they had they had guys, and I remember them going out and getting guys. But what you're saying is that complete dominance of the NL West and winning a a, a, a just a slam dunk division winner every year. And I mean, heck, when you got when you add Shohei Otani to that mix, well, and that's the thing is like they've been they've been atop the NL West since 2013. The only t- time they didn't win that division was uh, 2021. They were a game back of the 107 win giants um like this is a team that even though they got that one ring that people still discount and say it's the mickey mouse COVID ring um like this team is still gas to the pedal like they they know that it is all about winning and they understand that you know Otani is obviously just that next level i mean i think every fan could see it and that's why i'm just like 73 percent of fans who will never see $700 million in their life are like, no, they shouldn't have spent that. Like, guys, I think there's bigger plans in store for Shohei Otani and the Dodgers after signing a $700 million uh, uh, contract. I mean, that's just the first chapter, but let's let's move on. Uh, you ready to talk a little bit about ComEd? Yeah. Let me make sure I have, have the read-up, oh, but well, I absolutely I, am, yeah. Well, did you know it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles? Uh, oh, oh, hold on. Wait. Uh, I, I guess I should wait. I was going to try to sh- share it with you. I have it. You're good okay. to go. Do you yeah. want to be reader one or reader two? You can be topic? reader one. You've okay. already started. <clears throat> it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health, for the planet, and for the well-being for all of us. Who share it? You know you're right, Sean. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as well or as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. But what should business owners do? Well, I have that answer for you, Sean. They should go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you 
the viewer, own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Sean, get your ears checked. Of course I said <laughs> comed.com slash clean. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and to a better future for generations to come. Obviously, we're being a little lighthearted with that read, a little goofy. My bad to start uh, before you were ready. Um, and I know now you're ready for your FOCO one, but that's actually a really good uh, initiative. I like that. Go green, folks. Go, go electric, I, I like, go green. Yeah, I like that from, from ComEd. So again, go visit uh, ComEd.com slash clean. Speaking of green, where is he? Right there. You're, right, you're behind you. The fuzzy green dude over my left shoulder here is Southpaw. Uh, you see that bobblehead on our set each and every day. And so you know about the good people at FOCO. Uh, you can go to FOCO and get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They've got hoodies. They've got shoes. They've got signs. They've got bobbleheads like Southpaw. And they've got everything in between. Baseball season never ends. So go ahead and get Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, and bags. Everything you need for that lovely late March opening day at Guaranteed mm. Rate Field where you'll be playing bags in the snow. Um, along with uh, Southpaw waving that classic orange White Sox flag, you know FOCO uh, from their set decoration donation of Tim Anderson waiting for the L. Go show them some love. Check out foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, you can use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. Um, Shy Sox fan sharing, and I don't know if this is real or not, uh, Sox are paying 740000 for Stassi, so apparently the, uh, the, the uh, what's it called, uh, the Braves are going to be eating $6.26 million of Stassi's contract. So uh, that's easily a contract that they could say, if we don't like what we see at spring training, Goodbye, Max Stassi. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't want to really fully rule out. You don't want to close the door on another veteran catcher, veteran mm. defensive first catcher being I, added. I, I think there's a, a Lucroy esque uh, spring training. Uh, in, we'll in see. Fight. I guess the point. You know what? You're not wrong. I, 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 what you're saying is perfectly reasonable. Um, I just look at a guy who's under a major league contract right now, and the idea of those types of contracts in the spring usually being major league or minor league deals. Mm -hmm. Again, that's just usual. doesn't mean it needs to act out that way. And you're correct. Maybe because of the small financial commitment, the White Sox can basically treat that like a minor league deal. I'm sure, I'm not sure. I'm guessing there's a buyout on the on the option for 2025 maybe. But um, but other than that, yeah. I will look up Max Stassi's contract. You better. Buyout. All the I details. Better. Get over to Cots and see what it looks uh, like. It's a club option. Hey. And a buyout of 500000 There you go. So, yeah. I mean, a little over a million if they do just decide to cut bait. Um, okay. So, um, what did I miss? Oh, Sean. What have I missed with winter meetings? I tried to catch up with all of our lovely, lovely uh, podcasts that we did at the winter meetings, but I mean, there's not enough time in the day. Well, Sean, you were gone, and I know our viewers and listeners know this already, but they want to hear what you have to say. The White Sox signed, or agreed to sign, rather, because you're right, it's not official yet. Eric Fetty, uh, who wow. was the KBO equivalent of the MVP and the Cy Young winner last year, he was simply spectacular in Korea after... Uh, not being spectacular with the Washington Nationals, uh, but he made some changes. Chris Getz was talking about it uh, last week, and they think the changes are going to lead to uh, numbers that look far closer to what he was in 2023 in Korea than what he was, say, in 2022 uh, pitching in the major leagues. We have a Bowie in the chat, so I don't feel uh, too... Uh too out of my sorts to say Ch -ch -ch changes. Um, I loved watching a ton of Korean content last night about Eric Fetty um, and having uh, Korean auto-generated uh, 
English captions uh, <laughs> describe what this broadcaster was saying yeah? about Eric Fetty's sweeper. Well, and remember, <laughs> remember, too, when you get over there in, in, in Asia, uh, some of those team names are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Eric Fetty pay, played for the Dinos. Yes. Which... NC Dinos, yeah. Uh, the Kabu, the the uh, the Warriors. I know are, are a really cool one. Um, My favorite is in is in the Japanese league, the Hiroshima Carp. Yes, yeah. the, the Fighting Carp. Um, uh, a lot a lot of uh, Bears, Giants, Eagles. You know, so there's a little crossover okay. there. Um, there's even tw- they have their own twins. I remember when Manny Ramirez uh, went. Do you remember when Manny Ramirez went to Taiwan to play, <laughs> no. and he played for some team that had like a like a cutesy cartoon rhino as its mascot. Like, come on. Now we're, now we're talking. <laughs> Taiwan. Uh, we should buy that for the set. Um, instead of <laughs> buying a, uh, Should we buy, buy Eric Fetty's team's uh, merch. Maybe they have it on Foco. Oh yeah. Hey, the NC dinos. We could NC do that. dinos merch on Foco. Um, uh, Chinese professional baseball went to, uh, express interest in, uh, Oh, the Kochi fighting dogs. In 2017, that was Manny's team. Yes, or maybe he was playing some sort of Rhino team of the uh, the uh, Indef- Independent Professional Baseball League in okay. Japan. Um, he was he was asking people to play uh, up until 2020. Uh, he was a player coach <laughs> in the that? ABL's Sydney Blue Sox. Wow, getting down and getting down to the land down under down there. <laughs> Do they have an S Y D Y down there? Is there just oh. the Australian versions of us for the Blue Sox? That'd be fun covering Manny Ramirez. Um, <laughs> Okay, but Eric Fetty, uh, very interesting. Mainly, it's interesting to see Brian Bannister tweet like I would yeah. about Eric yeah. Fetty, uh, talking about working out at the same facility as uh, Logan Webb in the offseason, uh, added the same sweeper and split change as Webb did. Um, he didn't use these pitches in off, uh, in Washington, and Cats were with Webb uh, in 2020 when he made those adjustments. And uh, Logan Webb turned into a Cy Young ace uh, in the 2020 to 2021 offseason. Um, he's incredible to watch. Obviously, he has a park that helps with sinkers. Um, so it's, it is interesting to see the White Sox at least dip their fingers into sinkers because we've seen so much about Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, um, even Lance Lynn turned into it a little bit with, you know, let's focus at fastballs high in the zone um, and then sliders low and away and let's become a, a strikeout heavy team. We saw that in 2021 um, where this team's pitching carried them. Um, and it was just because of uh, great starting pitchers who were just able to, um, you know, throw with velocity. Um, a lot of what Ethan Katz brought over was high velocity stuff. And we see, you know, a lot of the guys in the White Sox bullpen average at like 97 and 98. Um, so it is interesting to see Fetty come over with the new pitch mix. Um, he still primarily focuses a fastball or a sinker um, as his main fastball. Um, he's added the sweeper and then he also has the split change. I don't know if we've seen a ton of the split change, at least overseas. Um, but the, Sweeper is what I'm most interested in. So, Sarah, if you want to flash this. Actually, let's go to Logan Webb first. Let's go to Logan Webb standing on the mound. So, Webb added the sweeper, which basically made him a guy that attacked the outside of the plate. And if you look at Eric Fetty in Washington, a lot of where he was locating was just right down the middle. Well, that would, be, explain, that would explain that high ERA. Yeah, well, yep. <laughs> it wasn't good for him. Um, a lot of stuff was just left middle of the plate and now with the addition of that sweeper it's the same thing from logan webb it gives him splitting action right um so at least for a righty uh, right-handed batter the sinker will go um 
in on a right-hander and then the sweeper will go away. So you're kind of able to really just eliminate the middle of the plate by movement and movement alone. Um, right. So if you're throwing a sweeper, it's just naturally going to tail to the, the far outside uh, part of the plate to a right-hander. And then that sinker is just going to cut in um, on them with that natural movement. Um, the one thing that Webb did too in 2020, and I didn't notice that Feb did, uh, that Fetty did this in Korea. I'm sorry. Can you go to the Logan Webb picture? Um, the, nope, the Logan Webb one. I'm sorry. The, did I send a third one? Oh, cool. Um, all right. Well, Logan Webb moved. That's what I was like confused about for a second. I was like, I I thought I sent another one in Slack. Um, he moved his, his foot over uh, like about five inches. So you look at where he's standing on the mound. It's kind of first base side in 2020 in 2021 It is the extreme. Like he barely has a toe on the mound in 2021. You can kind of see it there, right? Like his actual like foot is on the mound. You could see that he slid over. Um, and that is basically, he gained more tail on his sinker, which just gave more action inward to right-handers. So when you have that right-handed action, you're really trying to cover the inside of the plate. And then there's that sweeper that you're just absolutely completely whiffing at. Um, So we saw this transformation with Logan Webb, and we saw it with Eric Fetty just become dominant, as you mentioned, 20 and six uh, in the KBO. Will it work in the major leagues is the biggest question. To, to me, it's, it's, all about the, it's all about the competition, right? And so I think if the changes are what the changes are, then you should see some positive results. But let's remember that the, guy that he, the guys that he was testing those changes out against for an entire year of baseball were not the caliber of hitters that he's going to be facing in the major leagues. And, you know, Eric Fetty is going to be part of the White Sox Major League rotation. He is going to pitch every fifth day, barring injury, for this team. He is not going to get a break. He is going to have to face Major League pitchers. It's not like, oh, there's this guy, he's 21 years old, he went over to Korea, he's going to come back here, we'll see what it was, we'll get him working through the system, and then he'll hit the bigs. This is a guy who's pitched plenty of Major League Baseball already with not a lot of success from a numbers standpoint. Right. He, he makes these changes, and then he goes down to a league where the competition is, nowhere, is, quite frankly, nowhere near what he was facing when he pitched for the Nationals. Now he's going back up to that. Obviously, Brian Bannister and the White Sox think that those changes are going to be very beneficial, and, and I think one of the things about this acquisition that is so interesting is that you're already seeing the difference that Brian Bannister specifically is making in this front office and and the influence that he has because he's the one rushing to social media to tweet out all this reasoning, the reasons that he thinks this is going to work. But really, it is a question mark. And everybody in that rotation, besides Dylan Cease, who might not end up in that rotation, is a question mark. Everybody that they're signing and adding via trade to the position player group so far this offseason, question marks. They don't have a lot of certainty, and I don't think Eric Fetty brings that certainty. I think the White Sox think he does or are confident that he does, but at the end of the day, and Chris Getz was, was using words like this last week, it's a bet. It's a risk. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a play that they're making. They're confident in it, but... They don't know that it's going to work out the way that they want it to, or they think that it's going to. And so you can't really describe these moves, Fetty included, the, the, the biggest uh, expenditure, certainly, that they've allotted so far this offseason as a move that is going to bring certainty. And then you can say, you can go, oh, whew, if you're a White Sox fan, at least they have Eric Fetty in the rotation, then that's going to be good. You hope it's good. 
but but I don't think you can tell me today that it's that there's a guarantee that it will be. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think the one thing though is like outside of injury, which we really never want to talk about or guess because we're not going to be like, oh yeah, this guy's going to snap X on you know that's weird. Um, he has made you know about twenty seven to thirty starts over the past three seasons. So I think it is a bet that, or at least a guarantee that he's going to make you, you know, 25 to 30 starts. Like he, he is at least more of a certain thing than Tuki Toussaint, right? Like I think you can, and he's more of a thing than Mike Soroka because you're not even sure what Soroka's health is like. So, I mean, you're, I think writing season with pencil still that he's going to be your number one starter. I think you're probably writing Kopech in with pen just because moving him to the bullpen would be weird. Fetty's the only one in Sharpie. Like Fetty is going to oh. get the experience, get the starting. Absolutely, like, like that's you know, true. like yeah. that's that's yeah. the one thing he'll where be there. I don't want to complain. You know, Beckers can't be choosers. It's, <laughs> it's 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 just. I think there's there's a gigantic gap between the the numbers that he put up in the KBO, yes. and the numbers that he put up the last time he pitched in Major League Baseball. And the answer might be right in the middle, but I feel like it could be anywhere in between. Right. Yeah. I, I think. I think. It's honestly about innings because he really never got to like the 150 inning mark. And I think a lot of that was because he was getting shelled and hammered um, and just like didn't have the effectiveness to go deep. Like if he can give you and, and go out and prove, hey, I can throw 150 to 180 innings just like I did in the KBO. Um, you know, my ERA isn't, you know, 2.16 or 206 like it was. 2.00. It, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, like it, it was in the KBO. But still, I'm giving you 150 to 180 innings, and that is, you know, a, a bargain if you're getting that, I think, um, for $15 million over the next two years. Like, I, I think there's an easy way for him to kind of set his American value again by just being a guy that can give you starting pitching innings because we know how rare that is uh, in today's baseball. Um, to talk a little bit about the pitches, though, I want to know more from Brian Bannister, which would be nice. I would like if, if Brian Bannister had a little media session. <laughs> I know that Josh Barfield spoke to you guys um, and, and Chris Getz did and even Pedro did. Um, but I don't know if his cutter turned into a sweeper. So if you want to show the slider sweeper one, yeah, that, that one's right. Um, he added the sweeper in KBO, as uh, Brian Bannister said, um, what Fetty featured his last time with the Nationals was a sinker, a curveball, a cutter, and a changeup. Um, KBO websites do not have the uh, <laughs> they don't have the the word for a sweeper. I don't think um, <laughs> the Google Translate from Korea to English uh, does not have sweeper involved. Um, so as you can see, it says instead of pitch rate, speech rate. Um, so. In 2022, you kind of see that cutter at the top of the zone, and that averaged around 89 miles per hour. And then in 2023, it's flipped. Um, so that red mark, if you flipped it or looked in a mirror, it'd be the same spot as the cutter. So you kind of see a similar pitch area that he throws this cutter slash sweeper in. Um, and it's ba mainly, as I was trying to show with the Logan Webb thing, outside part of the plate to a right-hander. Um, and then if you go to the sinker part, uh, Sarah, um, you could see that a lot of it is a little bit bleeding to middle of the zone, but it was kind of to the um, opposite edge of where those uh, those uh, um, cutters were. So again, trying to go inside to righties or away from lefties. Um, but you kind of see that in 2023, at least in KBO, the middle part, 
he was more down in the zone, right? A, a lot more red at the uh, bottom of the zone rather than up or up towards the zone. Um, so he kind of burying that sinker in to, to righties. So then giving that eye point to where the sinker drops off and that sweeper breaks away. So it's kind of just deception off those two pitches. And we've seen that be extremely effective in Major League Baseball. And the one thing that Fetty does have, too, is above average extension. So there's been a lot of talk about his athleticism going down the mound. That's got a little bit more fluid. So that extension that he has, which I think last time he was in Major League Baseball, according to StatCast, was like 80th percentile. Um, If he takes that 80th percentile extension, um, he, he will be able to at least give less reaction time to hitters if you know that sinker's coming in at 93 um and that that sweeper's coming in at 88 so like there's a lot to like just based on a pitch design at least my basic knowledge of pitch design like i I think that what fetty did is what we've seen in most success stories with guys that have made these tweaks or added a sweeper um it just gives you more deception and his curveball which it says that he used his curveball 30% of the time. I think that that curveball is the sweeper, and I think the slider is the cutter. So I need I need more clarification on what is what. Um, like, does he still throw his curveball? I'm not really sure. Uh, is his curveball now his sweeper? I'm not really sure. Is his, is his sweeper now his cutter? I'm not really sure. We also did the uh, kilometers per mile to miles per hour translator, uh, and it said that his slider, at least at the top of the zone, was averaging like 88 miles per hour. So, like, that'd be a really fast sweeper. Um, so, I think he might still feature the cutter. So, it might be a sinker cutter, and then instead of a curveball, it's now the sweeper. So, that would be, I think, his three main pitches, and you're adding the split change that Brian Bannister had. So, those are my thoughts on Eric Fetty. What else did I miss? You missed a lot, Sean. I but I don't rambling. know if we're going to go down the whole. I don't know if we need to go down the whole thing. We're already an hour in here, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the the idea obviously is what's next, right? And uh, I think we're going to see a lot more starting pitching additions. Um, I don't know if any of them are going to be, for lack of a better term, big. Uh, but I think we're going to see a lot more starting and pitching additions as the offseason goes on. Right field still needs to be addressed, and we still don't know from the White Sox whether Nicky Lopez is the everyday guy at second base or just a, a, a backup infielder. And I think they'd be fine with the idea of Lopez uh, playing at second base the vast majority of the time just because they love what he can do defensively. Uh, but I think it's another area that provides them a way to improve uh you know they've already improved defensively maybe they want to get some more improvement on that infield and second base would be the place but catcher i think you know they, they've gone and gotten stassi shortstop they've gotten gone and gotten de young right field to me is the one that just that has nothing at the moment uh because we're going to see colas in the minor leagues uh gavin sheets does not play the kind of defense that i think chris gets is looking for and so right field would be if you're still looking for position players that'd be the place to look but i think this is going to be pitching heavy the remainder of the offseason for the white Sox. john paul morosi said that whit merrifield makes a lot of sense he's still a free agent uh, until until he is not signed by the chicago white Sox or until the white Sox make that signing again uh john john paul morosi he thinks it's written in the stars uh it does seem like it's the easy stretch for for most baseball writers who are putting up like oh i wonder where Whit merrifield will go it again it just seems destined uh, i i don't know uh i would love for them to prove me wrong but uh, i i do think once an eric fetty announcement gets made official um then maybe we'll get the Whit merrifield signing and <laughs> maybe he's waiting on the uh yamamoto uh he was just waiting for otani to get yeah, out of the right. way uh 
And also, I, I too, because we're in the season of uh, media apologies, uh, I tweeted when Edgar Navarro was outrighted last week that uh, that spot on the 40-man roster was being cleared up for the eventually official Eric Fetty signing. Was not the case as Max Stassi was acquired via trade on Saturday. The White Sox 40-man roster is at 40 when the Eric Fetty fi- signing is official they are going to have to make another move to clear one more 40-man roster spot thank god you cleared this up i don't know how you slept last night um that, that, that's 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 a brutal look um, <laughs> they'll just have to i mean they cut edgar navarro they'll just have to cut a uh, uh name other uh guy that was exactly like edgar navarro sammy, uh, sammy peralta. peralta there you go they'll just have to cut sammy peralta davy garcia <laughs> I know people don't want to hear it, but uh, even Luis Patino, uh, Tanner Banks, could it ever? Uh, we'll wrap it up and uh, with uh, some diehard reads. We got we got to do a diehard read and then get out. Yes, of, here. of um, course. You, my bad. You, the viewer, know that uh, we have five days worth of CHGO White Sox shows every single week. You probably also know we've got CHGO Cubs, we've got CHGO Bulls, we've got CHGO Blackhawks. Heck, we've even got CHGO Bears five days a week for you to tune into on the YouTube or your favorite podcast app. The Bears did two hours today. You want to do two hours on the White Sox? I don't. Oh, no. We've got four more hours to fill this entire week. I think we can spread it out a bit. But if you do want to be a part of what we've got going on here, go to the next level. You can find out that there's even more to enjoy from CHGO by becoming a diehard. Uh, all of their the information on joining is at allchgo.com. But what can you get? Well, you're obviously going to get this box, which is full of goodies. You can get yourself a free T-shirt, which is in there, as well as plenty of other uh, fun uh, membership-only material. But what you're getting is access to all that premium content. You're getting discounts on merchandise. You're getting discounts on all the events that we have. I was wondering earlier today, you know, I'm trying to come up with some fun fun ideas for for things to do here in town uh, over the winter. I'm wondering, do we have another Bulls takeover coming up? Do we have another Blackhawks takeover coming up? You'll know if you become a diehard and you sign up and find out whether those inform- whether those events are coming your way. And then on top of it, you're going to get a discounted ticket as well. So uh, you'll also get access to our uh, Discord, our members-only Discord, which we call the CHGO Lounge. Uh, you can go hang out in there with all the other diehards. Talk to us. Ask us questions. We do mailbag segments fairly frequently. That's how you can get uh, yourself... Uh, to get even more involved with the show uh, in addition to our wonderful commenters here. Jared asked a question who's a commenter in there. He's also a diehard. Um, what if they sign Kevin Kiermaier to play center field? Would Luis Robert Jr. take well to moving to right field? I don't think what I don't think a need of theirs right now is defense center defense in center field. But it is right field. <laughs> I Two birds, that's one stone. true. I suppose that's true. But uh, but yes. The Die Hard program has all sorts of fun discounts and goodies. Uh, and so please go on over to allchgo.com and find out details on how you can become a CHGO diehard today. And then finally, we want to let you know about our friends over at Ray CDJR. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake is making room for their lot of incoming 2024 vehicles. And you know what that means? you'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock during their limited time wrap up the year sales event for a limited time offer or for a limited time. It is an offer, I guess. Uh, Get up to 15% off your new 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokee with dealer discount. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventory and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd be expecting. Thanks to Ray Price Promise. Don't miss out 
Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. And that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at Ray CDJR slash service. So hurry in. You must book before December 31st, 2023. If you are in the new market for a vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com. Serving the community since 1963. We'll be back at it again tomorrow to talk about the White Sox rotation uh, and if there are any more moves or what specific moves might be made by this front office. That's Vinny Duber. Go read his latest piece about Max Stassi up at allchgo.com. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I don't know if you can follow Vinny at Vinny Duber. Um, And then uh, that's Sarah who produced us. I don't know if you you say bye now. Bye. No, I don't know. (laughs) Hit that thumbs up button. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.